Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of the Dead Game Podcast, a show about games, the people who make them, and the people who play them. Today is January 25th, and this week I'm joined by Ash Parrish, games reporter at The Verge, and Zach Zweizen, staff reporter at Kotaku. Thank you both so much for joining me. Happy to be here. Uh, how are you both doing? Well, we're here. We're alive, and we're employed, ostensibly. I watched the Herald of the Darkness Game Awards concert right before we did this to make myself feel That's where we're at. Did it work? Yeah, watching Sam Lake smile makes me happy. Uh, I, I prepared for this uh, episode by eating my kids' leftover dinners, which consisted of dino nuggets and apples and um, the old macaroni and cheese from lunch. So I'm also I'm also winning right now. Trishes. To be fair, I had Jack in the Box an hour ago, so I'm not much better. I had five guys, so... God, we're horrible. What's wrong with us? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I remember I have a really really uh, soft spot for Five Guys because uh, when I first moved to uh, I, ch- I switched colleges halfway through and the the first semester at the University of Pittsburgh I ate way too much Five Guys. Um, it was it was just, just not, not it was yeah no I like blew through I because they were like one of the places near campus that like accepted the, the flex bucks or whatever like from your dining hall pass. I just blew through that immediately, but it was, you know, it made me feel good while I wasn't doing my homework. Um, Did you ever do the trick where you just go in there, eat the peanuts, and leave? I, I hate, absolutely hate <laughs> peanuts, so that never worked. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've never done that before. I haven't either. So uh, the way I've been trying to introduce each new guest is with uh, two questions. The first is... Tell me something that the internet doesn't know about you. And then the second one is, what have you been playing recently? So, Ash, let's start with you. Not to like put you on the spot. Um, what's, what's something the internet doesn't already know about you? And what have you been playing? Oh, God. Something the internet doesn't know about me. Uh, <laughs> I'm fairly candid about all, of thing, all things me. So I don't know what uh i haven't shared i have a tendency to overshare actually no i take that back uh i am actually three white guys in a trench coat that is something the internet does not know about me i i kind of knew it i'd always i'd always (laughs) suspected though that's not true um the only thing i can really think of that the internet doesn't know about me is that my roman empire is the roman empire (laughs) there was a meme going around where you know they were saying like women don't know if you if you ask like your partner or whatever about the Roman Empire, like it was guaranteed that they would be able to like answer the question. And there were a lot of guys who were like, I have no idea about what the Roman Empire is at all. And I'm one of those weird girls who are like, No, the Roman Empire <laughs> is my actual Roman Empire. I'm a big Roman Empire. Let's talk Ooh. Romulus and Remus, folks. Hell yeah. No, actually it's it's more like <laughs> Emperor Augustus and the, those guys. <laughs> tell so wait, tell tell me one of your favorite factoids or like what's 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 a cool thing about of, the Roman Empire. One of Empire. my weird things that might get me canceled uh in the classical studies uh community is uh Nero did nothing wrong. Um Whoa. He, Nero famously gets like thrown under the bus like fiddling while Rome burns, but we don't really 
I guess, take into consideration the fact that this guy had his entire family killed by, like, his jealous uncle. Like, his, his mom or, like, his maternal grandmother was, like, locked in a tower and starved. And he was sent away to live with, like, his Roman emperor uncle and who, like, tortured him and, like, psychologically tortured him for, like, much of his youth. Such that when he became emperor at a young age, no wonder the guy was fucking crazy. So I have a tendency <laughs> to, like, him and Caligula, who also gets a bad rap, kind of have, like, similar, like, crazy up bringing so i kind of have a tendency to be like soft on them when history kind of takes like a harsh eye to them so yeah uh i didn't realize yeah. how con- <laughs> i didn't realize how conscious i i can't be a part of this podcast i'm sorry um <laughs> if we have a nero supporter here uh, yeah exactly I, yeah you say you say nero and i immediately think of uh star yep. trek yep. uh the, re- the reboot yep. <laughs> That's that's where my brain goes to. But what you just what you just described feels like it should be Final Fantasy, the basis for uh, Final Fantasy Seventeen. Actually, that, that would make a great Final Fantasy. Oh plot. man! Just turn all the names backwards, like Oren, and that's how you <laughs> get around it. And Ash, what's uh, what's something you've been playing recently? Um, I've been playing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, and I don't know. That's not out yet, is it? Uh, uh, I think it, it it will be by the time this podcast <laughs> okay, airs. Good. I think I think it's out tomorrow. So okay, good. Uh, so I've been playing like a dragon, infinite wealth that I'm I'm finally coming around on. And the other thing that I'm playing, I can't like talk about, but I just wrote about it for the Verge. fancy, fancy. Ooh. Yeah, so you can you can uh, go troll my byline on the Verge. I recently wrote about it. It's really good. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> Wait. So, what 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 was making you come? Would you have? To, why did you have to come around on infinite wealth? Like, what wasn't working? Initially? The thing that pissed me off about infinite wealth, which is not something that I experienced playing Yakuza Zero, is that the game doesn't want you to play it. Like, the game <laughs> will let like let you off the leash, the tutorial leash, for like you know maybe minutes at a time before shunting you into like no joke, twenty to thirty minute cutscenes that are, you know, you can skip them, but then you miss on the story and you don't want to do that because that's what, like, the like the, the core thing about these Yakuza games are is, like, experiencing the story and all that stuff. And I was getting annoyed with it, like, super annoyed because, you know, five minutes to play and explore and then immediately unskippable cutscene. And then the when it gives you, you know, control back, it gives you, it puts you into this, like, crazy situation. So I'm playing, like, a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I'm on this, like track of unskippable cutscenes and then I'm pissed off at it and then it gives me like a crazy taxi minigame and I'm back on board again so I'm like <laughs> it's yanking me around and finally I've, I think I've reached the point where it's letting me actually play the game so I can actually like enjoy it and see all the systems that this game has to offer so I'm finally like okay thank you thank you for letting me play you instead of like you know putting me on rails yeah I feel like that's that's like very breakout worthy within like like that's what they call them back in the day sidebar like i every review should have like a little mm-hmm. sidebar that's like what <laughs> what's this uh, tutorial like is yeah. it is it 5 hours long is it constantly taking control of the game away from me cuz that would definitely like no not joke la- we, final fantasy 13 was better paced than this oh my god and that's exactly Holy exactly sh- we've we've talked about it's, this before ethan of like it's hard to start new games sometimes because you don't want to go through that first hour of so many games are just like oh my god just let me play the game don't let don't force me watch you know four different cutscenes. teach me how to push forward on a left stick twice like i just want to play the game 
yeah, I could go on a whole a whole rant about this, but uh, let's let's go to you, Zach. What, so, what's something the internet doesn't know about you, and what are you playing right now? I I mean, I was actually just thinking about that. Like, I've written so much about my life on Kotaku, <laughs> maybe stuff I should have put on Kotaku. So, uh, I think one thing the internet doesn't know about me because I don't think I've posted about it yet is that I'm starting to learn how to use Unreal Engine Fortnite, the UEFN. Uh, thing mm. i've used unreal oh, engine yeah so i've used unreal before like the basic geometry tools mess around with that but my goal is by the end of the year i want to try to have at least one uefn creation uploaded to uh, gta 7 yeah that's what well, i was gonna say everything on on fortnite on the creative is either box wars which is a whole weird rabbit hole uh horror games that are just five night freddy's ripoffs or gta ripoffs so i want to make something that's not that offer the kids make a metroidvania those are hot right now yeah well the other thing is i gotta make it so it might not be a metroidvania i'm terrified of <laughs> that part but uh yeah so i've been learning how to use uefn figure you know this whole media thing's about to burn out so maybe i'll go build some levels learn to code man learn to code Basic. sarah is actually my <laughs> wife she's taking code classes she's been doing it for a month now and she's actually learning stuff she'll come in and she'll go like She's watching me edit on UEFN. And she's like, oh, that's like a boolean, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just put a box. <laughs> there you go. Why learn to code when you can have your pal do it? Yeah. Um, and what are you What are you playing? Um, uh, I, I've been playing a little bit of Power World because it's like my job, I guess. We have to stay up to date on this stuff. Uh, but actually, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. It's too much Fortnite. I'm like 150 on the Battle Pass now. It's scary. I don't know. That's, is that good? That's is that too good? Much. And the other game I've been playing, I bought it used a few days ago, is I've been playing Fuse by Insomniac. Because uh, I never played, I never played wow, it back in the day. yeah. And Insomniac's been in the news. Uh, and <laughs> I was like, I, I want to go back and see. And honestly, it's a pretty cool game. There's some stuff going on in there that's fun. I kind of wish they poured it over to something. Uh, I think it was what like year 2012. Was it was like late 360. It was like okay, yeah. It was in that era where you had to be like Call of Duty or Gears of War, and Insomnia is like let's do both. But it still right. has like the Insomniac fun to it with some of the weapons and stuff. Yeah, because there, I remember there's also mm-hmm. like Brink at the time, and I think was was Fuse the one that has the gravity no. inversion or like the field uh, of view inversion, or or I was that was game literally, literally called, called inversion? Wasn't that the game that Steven? Uh, this is long. This is old Kotaku, but didn't he like they showed him a demo running on a 360 versus a PS3, and they were and they were like, "Don't talk about." I have no this. idea. And then he talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah, that. But yeah, that's there. Yep. All those games blur together in my head. But I, yeah, I I'd be fascinated Fuse to go actually, back Fuse to them, especially up. knowing and especially yeah, knowing Insomniac now, it's like, oh, I, I wish to go Fuse back was um, back compatible. I have just, to play it on a 360. Like, I can't even play it on the Xbox. No, it's not. I oh, wish it not. was because I actually think I would love to play this with, like, Sarah and a few other people I know because it's, like, it feels like a really great co-op game. But, yeah. So, a lot of a lot of news um, happened this week. And I, in some ways, the biggest part of the news didn't happen until literally the day that we're recording. Um, I just want to start with a quick quote. Today is a good day to play. Uh, that's what Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer told employees back in October 13th of last year, after the tech giant had closed its $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, he continued, we couldn't be more excited that Activision Blizzard employees 
are our colleagues, coworkers, and teammates. Uh, he added later, together we can unlock a world of possibilities for players and creators. Uh, but today, January 25th, 25th, was obviously anything but a good day for people who were working at Microsoft. The company announced that it was going to lay off uh, over 1,900 people across Xbox, ZeniMax, and Activision Blizzard with employees waiting uh, basically for like a rolling series of meeting invites and email lockouts to know whether they had actually gotten the axe or not. Um, this brings the total number of video game industry layoffs for 2024 to about 5,000, I think just over. Uh, that's close to the total estimated number of layoffs for all of 2022 in the industry and roughly half the record-breaking number of layoffs for all of last year. And January's not even over yet. Uh, so I know you have both been following this a lot and covering this a lot. There's obviously, this doesn't even get to the riot layoffs, which I think were also this week. Yeah. Um, it already feels like forever ago. Uh, you know, I'll start, Ash, with you. Like what, um, waking up and seeing this news today and the reporting you've already been doing on this topic and just like, just the vibes, like what, what was your first reaction and what, what is your initial takeaway? The vibes are atrocious. Obviously um, you were saying that we have like 5,000 roughly video game layoffs just this year. Half of them happened in this week. We've got 2,400 people who were let go in this week, the 500 from riot, the 1900 people from Microsoft. And at this point it is, legitimately frightening and scaring and worrying because these people, you know, combined with the almost 10,000 last year, a lot of these people are not coming back. They're going to leave the video game industry. There is going to be a tremendous brain drain. There's going to be gaps that aren't filled. There's going to be, you know, an additional crunch culture on the people who do get to keep their jobs and the entire industry is going to suffer for it. We're going to see less and less creative games, um, more and more layoffs. Like this, this is just January. We got eleven more months of this bullshit, and by the end of it, there's there will be things left, and none of it we're going to like. Like that's 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 where I'm at with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. You know, jump uh, in. What like? Well, what's been your take on the news? I'll say. Uh, the scariest thing that I would tell people is that I, there are layoffs that I can't quite verify that are mm -hmm. happening that I can't, I, that I can't report on because like, I can't, there's just not enough. I can't get, I can't get a verification. I can't get a solid number. I can't get a solid, like whatever, for whatever reason. Um, there's one, I won't say anything specific, but like it's a studio that it's been around for a few years and the company that owns it, they've never advertised the studio. They specifically won't talk about the studio. They've changed the name of the studio a couple times before these layoffs and like shutting the whole place down and trying to verify that is impossible and trying to talk to people about it. They're terrified. That's the other thing is they're all terrified to talk to you about these things because if they, if their name gets out, they are scared that they won't ever get a job, which is harder and harder to get anyways. Um, so yeah, like I think the last I looked, our trackers at 5,955, 5,995, but realistically, it's probably closer to 7,000 almost at this point mm. if we're talking about layoffs that we – because there's also layoffs in other countries. Those are much harder to verify that I've been trying to. Um, so it's like it's bad, but it's probably much worse. Like it's probably yeah, this, much worse. 
this doesn't also count the people who have self-selected out by yep. all these mandatory return to office mandates yep. too. Like you factor that in and it's probably, and I don't even want to think about what that number is. No. And, and I talked to someone who they quit a job to move somewhere and they've only been at this place for six months and now they're laid off. And the only places that they're looking at that can, they could get a job at right now want them to move again. And they're just trying to figure mm. out, like, should I uproot my entire life again to go move across the country again for maybe a job that'll last another six months? Like, that's it's just right. One of, one of the very particular contexts for, um, I think, at both Riot and um, a number of Activision Studios and Blizzard was that there's been these return to office policies following the initial outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic that basically um, was not only forcing people back into the office, but if you had been hired during the pandemic and were remote, you basically had an ultimatum of whether or not you were going to move. And so there are people who have potentially moved just in, you know, the last six months or the last year or two who are now, you know, being laid off and may have relocated across the country, left family, gone in debt uh, for, you know, a, a, a a company that was was you know all too comfortable well, to just cut them loose and i think the riot layoffs uh the microsoft stuff has overshadowed a lot of what's happened in the last few days of course it has it's almost two thousand people that but the riot layoffs they're almost more painful because a lot of the people who were laid off at riot they were people who joined riot in the last year or so because of the last huge mass amount of layoffs riot was a safe place it was like come here we've got the jobs we've got the money we've got so that's the other problem is that people are jumping ship to some of the last remaining big places hiring and then now those places are um laying off tons and tons of people so i don't know like i don't really know where you go from here and and the crazy thing about it is like these layoffs especially at microsoft there are no respecter of any kind of seniority or level of talent or investment yeah. in like the company. Like, I, I don't know if you just heard me gasp a minute ago, but I'm scrolling through Twitter and I just saw that the lead narrative uh, designer of Overwatch 2 just got let go. This guy had been a, a Gavin uh, Jurgens Fry. I've talked to him multiple times. Like every time a new Overwatch 2 hero came out, I've like been on a Zoom call with him talking about it. Like this guy has been with Blizzard for I don't know how many years, but the just talking to him and you know, we can talk about Overwatch 2 or whatever in the state of that game, <laughs> but him specifically, like you would not think that a guy like him who's like heading the narrative of this game, like say what you will about the game, the narrative's still pretty cool, I think, honestly. And they let him go. Like, I, I just don't understand. Well, and, 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 and to what, what you were saying, is. to your point, you were saying a brain drain. This is a great example yeah. where it's like, we're not, because I think some people are assuming that these are a bunch of, the people being laid off are mostly new new hires or whatever, which is still bad. But it's not that. It is, like you said, it is a wide range of people across a wide range of disciplines who have spent potentially decades in, in the industry. They're gone now. And those people are going to struggle to find work because who the hell's hiring for that? So like you said, there's a brain drain now where the people, the people at the top who are making big decisions and who are helping lead these games, they're gone. The people below now there's half as many as you had before. And they were already struggling at some places to make games. So I saw one developer who tweeted out like 
if you thought, you know, 2023 is a great year of games, hold on to that because there's probably not going to be another one of those for as long as, you know, for the next 20 years or whatever. Like, because it's just this, it's a snowball effect, you know? It's going to be years and years that we feel this, what's happening right now. So, right. So, a couple of additional bullet points, um, you know, in addition to the just the, the large number of layoffs across, uh, Xbox and Activision Blizzard divisions, and also Zenimax, which owns uh, Bethesda. Um, Mike Ybarra, the president of Blizzard, um, was you know announced that he was leaving the studio, but I think it's pretty fair to read between the lines and see that he was um, let go by the company, despite uh, quotes he had given back around BlizzCon that made it seem like he They'd was have to drag definitely him not out. Going... That's what he said, right? Because yeah. which. Because on the, on the one hand, it's not necessarily surprising when a new com- when ownership changes hands and the new team, new bosses want to put their lieutenants into different positions. Um, now, Yubara was a sort of unique case in that he had originally come from Xbox, and so you know maybe there was already a sense of like he he's our guy or not. But like I you know it 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 wouldn't necessarily be shocking, except I think because of, you know, Phil Spencer going on stage at BlizzCon 2023. And there was this sort of sense of like, everything's you know, going to these... be okay. It's okay. Right. Everything's oh, it's okay. I'm the good CEO. Remember? Right. Yeah. And, and um, the uh, Alan Adham, the chief design officer who was the co-founder basically of Blizzard and had left at one point, but came back. He also left uh, today and then Odyssey, which is the code name for the survival game that Blizzard was working on. Um, Jason Trier had reported at Bloomberg that the game was, you know, they're hoping it might come out by 2016. There was a lot of positive buzz about it within the development team, um, especially now with the sort of breakout of Power World and and the survival sim crafting genre. There was the sense that this could sort of be like the next big Blizzard IP. That's also canceled. Um, and um, it seems like the majority of people who have been working on that were yeah. laid off. And, and hadn't that been in development I, for like six years? I think years. was the yeah. yeah. And they were it was going to be in development for like a couple years more, right? Because they made silly decisions about you know game engine tools. It wasn't anywhere close to where it needed to be. So they, but, they, they canned it. But Blizzard usually does really good when they do new IP. Like Overwatch was their first new ip in a good long while and you know in 2016 when that game came out like it took off like a shot it was amazing it was a, it was a it's still it's still game. huge too. it won game of the year that year yeah so it, it, when they do new stuff they do it really well so it's a real shame that we won't get to see anything new from them except the latest you know world of warcraft expansion or whatever well i think it speaks to I, there was maybe the perception that like well big mergers happen there are redundancies people in marketing departments or hr or ad you know admin roles that already have big offices at microsoft proper um you know then those those roles might end up getting uh streamlined and so you you lose a bunch of people that way but i think it's really important to note that like no these are pretty deep cuts into just do, uh, like across the board development talent yeah. to your point ash senior talent and i think you both sort of hinted at this like this is not the picture that microsoft was seeding post acquisition which was very like we you know phil spencer did a sort of victory tour across all the different studios there's pictures of him making goofy faces right. with on the blizzard campus they're taking big pictures um and so i 
I think where while people will sort of like make the business case like, well, this is what happens. It's just I think on a you know there's there's a couple different frames to look at it. There's like you know from a business standpoint for them to you know make back their investment or to make great games or to you know create a sustainable future for Xbox etc. Which you know they're the kind of marketing speak they use in these memos, there's that frame, but then there's also the frame of like just how people are treated and how should they be treated. And you know, is this well, and while all this is happening, they just closed at $3 trillion, their, their total worth. Right. Yeah. So just like, yeah, the first time in Microsoft's history, they, that the the end of, end of trading, they actually closed at, what is it? Only four or five companies have ever done that before. So it's like, while all this is happening, they are richer than than they've ever been. This is the richest yeah. Microsoft has ever been. And and this is after Microsoft as a whole just laid off 10,000 people. Right. Like across the entire company, not just gaming. So I, I don't know what the business case for that is, except for the fact that the stock market likes it when you kill a bunch of people's jobs. <laughs> yeah. Right. It feels just like a big heel, a big and somewhat unexpected heel turn, I think. And I, I you Unexpected? Know, well, unexpected heel turn, I, I think, relative to... The, the people who love again, Xbox are freaking out right now. If you look online, like, they have no idea what's happening. They did not expect this. They thought Papa Phil Spencer, the good CEO, the gamer CEO, would never do something like this. Yeah, I, so from, like, a cynical... Like, I, you know, expect nothing less from companies and corporate, uh, you know, executives and, and whatnot. I do think it it's uh, maybe what adds to some of the surprise is just that the trend had not necessarily been this with the Bethesda acquisition and a lot of the smaller studio acquisitions. Um, and even for instance, the Bungie acquisition, you know, the way that was sort of pitched was like, actually Sony's paying a lot of money to keep as many of these people there as long as they can, because like what they're buying is the talent. It's the studio. It's like the people who know how to make destiny Two, which is, you know, it's somewhat in question now after their layoffs and after the reports of, of missing fiscal targets and just the hits that that game has taken in the last year. But, um, you know, th- these layoffs weren't just at blizzard either. There were, there's a report, um, that, uh, sledgehammer has lost 25% right. of its staff. Yeah. Um, high moon studios m- may have lost I 10 s- or so percent of staff. And I saw a call of duty. Uh, one of the leads at call of duty, uh, I think it was Warzone. Just say he lost half his team. It's just gone. Like, how does that game keep functioning? Uh, and that was their money maker. Like, yeah. that's the game. Well, that I, is the game I think that makes We ran money. a post about that's it. That's what they was wanted. Like, Call of Duty is the biggest franchise in video gaming. It didn't, technically wasn't the best selling game this year or last year because Harry Potter. Or, but, like, it's still the biggest franchise in gaming. And even the biggest franchise in gaming can't support people, apparently. can't. You still have to cut people. You still have to lay people off. Call of Duty still has to lay off all of these developers. Uh so what does that mean for smaller games? I don't know. Not good. I just I just want to read real quick a few other some you know obviously a lot of a lot of developers who are affected were speaking out online. Um, I know uh, Jorge Mario um, had put a tweet out basically uh, the last message um, posted in Slack, which was I'm I'm just happy we were able to provide some value for the shareholders, and then I believe the account that was is- was. Uh, d- disconnected horrible but also just that's a such a perfect last i mean that's that's we hmm. all looked at the the microsoft uh stock graph like right and yeah exactly 
Yeah, and and shareholders rewarded them, um, and they're they're earning Microsoft's earnings call for the second quarter, I believe, is on Tuesday. Um, and this this tracks with what they did last year. As to your point, when they they did the the ten thousand or so uh, company wide layoff that included you know very devastating cuts at three four three industries and other uh, first party studios. It's it's kind of like when when you talk about the logic of this, it's so clearly like a psychological like we need the ritual sacrifice yeah. to show that like we're staying lean and mean and we're focused. It's kind of like when the boss walks down you know the aisle and you immediately like perk up at your computer to be like, yep, I'm on task. Um, but it's completely untethered from actually like how anything's actually created or like whether people are actually like you know being able you know making stuff that that's valuable or or yeah, it's, appreciated it's it. just uh what is corporate bloodletting that's all like a lot of this is it's just and the product will suffer it, this is not yeah with any kind of long term unless they're unless some of these places are assuming and i don't know like unless they're assuming they're gonna plug holes of ai if that's i don't oh boy and also and, i don't know if you talked about this yet but the microsoft layoffs report i i don't i saw it was reported that a lot of people got laid off from the physical like the who the people who were involved with like pr- producing physical disc for them which interesting which feeds into that whole situation with the leak about the all digital xbox like the series x all digital version and some of the other stuff like are they just moving full digital at this point or this is that a whole other can of worms that this is leading towards i mean we know that's so, what they want to do sure Oh yeah, yeah. That's what they. Oh yeah, they would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other things I just wanted to note. Um, one is I think we already kind of touched on the fact that like you know Microsoft is going to report uh, huge profits on uh, Tuesday. It, it, they might not be like whether they're up or down from what they were last quarter, or they're as high tracking as high as what um, Wall Street's forecasting. Like just hundreds of millions in profit. Um, in addition, uh, I think, you know, no one so far, I think, has come out and said that there's been any, you know, this, I think the, the, the Microsoft layoffs are somewhat unique in that it's not clear that they were just from a down, like, they weren't like, oh, you know, money's tight, the market's tough, like, we got to cut. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, th- these are people who we just, we don't think we need, which right. is, you know, that's in so many words what, what Phil Spencer and Matt Booty are saying. Yes. Um but like no one, I you know, no one so far at any of these other companies, uh, as far as I understand, have announced that they've taken any executive pay cuts or sort of done any like, all right, here's how we're, you know, making a token, a symbolic gesture of sharing in the suffering. Like, the sort of the the smallest thing you could do or expect of your leadership. Most um, a lot of them just say they. I like that they'll say we've looked at every option. That's that's the line that comes <laughs> every up. Every I'm like, no, you haven't. You haven't looked at every option. Are we okay? To be clear, you maybe you looked at every option, but you didn't actually think about it. <laughs> you know, I can put a bunch of stuff in front of someone, and they can just go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." No, we're gonna cut, cut, cut. Um, yeah, I don't know how, how like how many like how many CEOs, how many actual executives have been laid off during all of this. It's not many. It's like John Riccatello from Unity. Uh, and he said he was just he, he was just retiring. Yeah, sure, <laughs> which is funny. I, that's a great way You're to retiring. for it. Yeah, I'm just retiring. The only executives I've seen get laid off are the companies like um, a little bit Little Red Dog, uh, which closed a few days ago. Uh, but that's the only reason is because it's when the studio closes. It's like well, everybody loses their job at that point. 
But that's the only time I'm seeing that happen. So it's the people at the top making the decisions but always getting punished. Hmm. Um, I mean, we could try to, to talk a little bit about why we think this is happening. I don't know if either one of you have theories you want to suggest. Um, I mean, I don't know what we could say that would offer any insight other than the fact that the number must always go up and it must always go up significantly in perpetuity forever and ever. Amen. I do think some of it is like, maybe I'm off base, but I think some of it is, well, everyone else is doing it, right? Like this is, yeah, that too. There is some of that. Like, well, if they're all cutting, we might as well, because this is the best as, as fucked up as it is. This is like the best time to cut because you're going to get, especially if you're only cutting like 200 people, you're going to get buried under like the bad press will, will be negligible compared to what Microsoft and other people getting. So yeah, your name will go on a list Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So I think that's but, part of it, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, we know the market rewards this kind of behavior. That, I mean, Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's it. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Creating value for shareholders. That's what this does. I do think just to really hit home the, the points that you've been, you both made earlier at the start, um, I think there's this perception both just in sort of, just ambiently in the public um, and among fans and players, but also sort of belief among the people who run these businesses that cutting doesn't have a cost to it that it's like it's free like you can just get free money by by getting rid of people um which anyone who's ever then had to like pick up the pieces after that and continue doing the work knows that's not the case like it's not just magically like the work disappears that those other people were doing and that oh well we don't expect you to do that because that was their job it's like Everyone kind of knows what what happens when um, you have the same mission, but you have, you know, 20% less people doing it. And just the amount of people like these are all going to just again, the, the, the value lost to the industry to like the art form. In a very general sense, it, this, the amount of time people spend out of work, the amount of time, the opportunities people don't get because of this, the ideas that like aren't shared. It's just there's so many trip trickle down things that some of them will get costed out in terms of like when, when companies have to rehire again and expand in the future. And it's like, all right, so you're going to spend all these this money to get back people who might not even have the same level of experience as the ones you had just a few years ago. Like you could have just kept them on the payroll and and found like some way like I, th- I think there's just a there's just a, a a very core way that we that that businesses think about workforces and about a company and employment and like what what it's for that is just completely untethered from how any of us actually live and create and like want to contribute um and one other trickle down effect is I've talked to a couple of people who they're not in the industry yet. They're wanting to get into the industry and yeah. now they're not going to. Exactly. And like how do you, what do you tell someone who's. So not only are we, like, we're, we're, yeah. we're losing talent and we're not refilling it. Like that's, that's going to be felt for years. Years. It's not like, great. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sum it up. Not good. Four out of 10. It's not great, Bob. Could be better. Could be worse. God, I don't want to check my email tomorrow because it could be worse. I, you messaged me this morning. Yeah, I did. And you were like, heads up, that tracker's going to get updated. I didn't think the number went up. That was going to go up that much. It was 
Yeah, <sighs> it was not great. It's not great. It's oh, fucking upsetting. Because, I, you know, not to get too inside baseball about it, but, you know, the three of us, like, we're, we're game journalists. Uh, we're not heads. We're not doing that great either on the journalism <laughs> side. And usually, the path is you know for games journalists to transition sure. into the industry somehow, and that's not going to happen either because that avenue has been completely shut the hell down because of all these damn layoffs. That, so where the hell do we go? I, I actually have thought about that. I was like, yeah, the backup plan is always like, well, I'll go do PR. Uh oh. Exactly. Guess what? Or community management. Or you something. know what the backup plan is now? I'm building a map in Fortnite. <laughs> I'm going to sell it to kids. That's the backup plan. Just make sure it's got Pokemon in it. All right. So now to make the worst pivot ever to the reoccurring segment that uh, Ash has just helpfully renamed Are You Winning Son? We're going to go through a series of rapid fire, uh, some news events that happened recently, starting with, um, ironically and unfortunately enough, the Xbox Developer Direct Showcase (laughs) from last week. Um, I hope that that nobody featured in it uh, was was part of the layoffs. There were four four games they showed um, avowed by Obsidian uh, Entertainment, Hellblade 2 by Ninja Theory, Aura History Untold by Oxide Games, and the Indiana Jones reveal by Machine Games. All four are supposed to come out in uh, this year. What did, uh, well, starting with you, Ash, what did you think of what Microsoft presented and which of the games did, you know, Run through each one hype level. Senua is like highest hype level. Indiana Jones is like second highest hype level. Uh, Ara History Untold uh, was the game that taught me what the hell 4X is. By the way, that's a terrible <laughs> like monogram or acronym or whatever. That's that's awful. Like Google one of the one of the is. worst. One of the worst. It's it's not great. Uh, not great, Bob. And then um, Avowed looks like. Um, a worse what was that meta quest 3 game that came out that everybody loves like asgard's oh, wrath 2 yeah, yeah like a worse yeah. version of that i'm sorry i'm sorry fallout people like that game doesn't look particularly interesting at all so yeah, yeah i can't i can't I, I can't quite put my finger on it but yeah i agree like there's something about the art direction or just the color palette it just or, or at least what the, the, the parts of it they've shown that just feels like weird brown desert with blizzards um, that sounds like Fallout. That just New was Vegas, it's not exciting me. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, so Zach, give us your rundown. Uh, top of the list is Indiana Jones because I the, I got an Indiana Jones poster here. I've played all the games. Like I'm I'm very excited for that. Plus, I like machine games. Like even separate from Indiana Jones, uh, I like machine games. They let me kill Nazis, and they're I, very good. At I'm that, and so, so consistent. All right, and and not only are they consistent, but they're like creative about it. They're mm-hmm. just they're really good at killing Nazis. So uh, any game that lets me kill more Nazis, plus plus Harrison Ford looks great in it. Like regardless of how that game turns out, they got one sexy Harrison Ford model. I hope people rip that and put that in like uh, Source Filmmaker and go wild. With it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's generate hours. You said Source Filmmaker. You know exactly what the hell you're talking about. So that's, that's at the top <laughs> of my list. Then behind that is Avowed because to me. It looks a little janky. It looks a little weird. And that's exactly what I'm looking for in that kind of game. Like, it looks like the alternate timeline where Bethesda failed and never made anything past Oblivion. And the CRPG makers from Europe were like, we'll take it. We'll take over from here. We'll make the big budget RPGs. And this is like the alternate universe version of what we would have got in that timeline. So I'm, I'm 
into that. Uh, and then I don't even remember what the other two were. What were the other? Hellblade? I don't know. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, Hellblade 2, uh, it looks I think fine. $50. Yeah, it's not, it won't be physical, I guess, uh, which is. Yeah, which which is to, is to me a big bummer. I'm just completely confused by the move. I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it means that like that that Redfall was seventy, Hellblade two isn't. Um, it, I I don't know uh, if they just for some reason don't aren't confident that the gamers will be willing to pay that much for like however long it is. But it's also weird because I feel like this. It's on Game Pass. It's every right, right, yeah. So like even like it just feels like it's it's just a weird. I was expecting like much more like this is our our big cinematic like first party game you've been waiting for. Like here you go. Um, but I guess it seems I guess they're they're pivoting that to Indiana Jones now. Um, yeah, for me it's it's uh like the outer worlds which i didn't uh particularly <laughs> like i still played the whole thing that's probably what will happen with avowed hellblade 2 i'm expecting to be one of my games of the year and then i want to like indiana jones but um i've never liked machine games like shooting not the shooting itself but just like the progression of shooting in a level it just has always found banal ways to frustrate me and so uh while i enjoy Everything around the game, the actual playing of it is usually a chore for me. Um, and then Aura, I hope it's good, but uh, I'm not. Um, I, I I just uh, I'm not chomping at the bit for another Civilization game. But hopefully, um, it's a team of people who used to be at Firaxis, and uh, hopefully, they do something that's really exciting and interesting that uh, rejuvenates the four X the four X genre. What was the Square Enix? Uh well that was that was visions of mana okay. but that's not an exclusive I know, I know. and and I you know that's that's <laughs> many questions yeah, yeah, many yeah, questions yeah, yeah. um uh Nintendo is Nintendo winning the Wii U and 3DS online play uh is shutting down April eighth Princess Peach Showtime finally got um, a more extended gameplay trailer it's coming Hell March twenty yeah. second oh, and then really excited, yeah that looks good. Metroid Prime Four, uh, the the, annou- the announcement of the internal reboot uh, just hit the five year anniversary. Um, Wii U 3DS online play shutting down. Is there any reason to care? Do you guys care? Is this a, I is wish, this a crime I, against? Only from a preservation standpoint. I care. Yeah, I think they should do the bare minimum to keep the servers up so you can always download stuff. Or if they're not going to do that, they need to offer some sort of offsite option, which they would never I, do. That's true. I, I wonder how that affects Splatoon One graffiti. I'm trying oh. to think. If that stuff is just all local, did that stuff already die because it was did connected it? It probably... to the other Nintendo? Th- uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that's one. I think it's bad. There, there's yeah, archaeology digital archaeologists a hundred years from now are trying to like re just piece together Nintendo's uh, Nintendo's universe. Um, Princess Peach, yeah, uh, awesome. I so hype level. What what can you can either of you describe to me what this game is? It's okay. No, I actually have a great pitch for this game. Okay. This game is Princess Peach Final Fantasy X two. Wow. That's okay. Exactly I'm off. I'm not. In, I'm not interested anymore. I lost. I lost. Oh, the, what? <laughs> really, Zach? Really? I, I'm. I'm more interested, but um, no. Uh, I'm. I'm confused. It's a. Like she. She dresses up, so there's like the dress sphere. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha, okay. Now gotcha. I'm really out. Yeah. No, I got it. Oh wow, you guys are awful. No, no, no. I know. So, I get what you're God saying. God forbid a woman do anything. <laughs> I was I was more surprised. I like so it is definitely a 2D action game. Right. Like it's That's not That's what it is, was, right? The way it's presented, I was confused as to whether or not it is a specific sort of like it's an action platformer where she, her abilities change when she changes costumes or like each level will sort of be a different like 
idea gameplay wise and so like some might be 3d some might be 2d some she might be doing like just activities that are like top down or like am i off base is here it is be it more like strictly like kirby all-stars where because you have like different like that kind of gameplay where it's just a 2d kind of action thing with different roles that you take on or is it i don't know they i guess have they not really just said what it is no and that's okay because <laughs> Nintendo has a tendency to keep these things close to the chest and it looks really weird and confusing on the outside and then you finally get it in your hands and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the best thing. Ash, can you explain the latest Overwatch League shakeup announcement to me? Oh my God. Um, so the Overwatch League is dead. Long live the Overwatch League. Um, the thing that they're replacing it with is just basically a, a reskin of the League Championship Series, but with Overwatch. Um, like... While I am sad uh, that the Overwatch League, as it was, is no longer around, I knew Overwatch Esports would continue in some form, and this is the form that it's taking, where it's just like this big-ass open tournament where anybody can sign up and whatever, and you know they're going to have a LAN at DreamHack in Dallas, and I'm going to be there because... Uh, I don't know. I still have this weird <laughs> Stockholm syndrome relationship with Overwatch esports. Are you still are you still excited about Overwatch esports at this point? I'm always going to be excited about Overwatch esports. Okay. I I just don't know what it is about me, but I'm I'm always going to be excited about Overwatch esports. I love the game. Uh, I don't play the game, but I love the game. I love watching the game. I love watching people play the game. It is still very much a fun thing to do when you're around people who also enjoy the game. Like I didn't go to the last grand finals, but I went to the one before that. And that was an amazing experience still. And I had a lot of freaking fun and I have a feeling that I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, at Dallas DreamHack because people are going to be so filled with optimism about that. But on the other side, you know, this is a great monkey's paw curling because the, the people that are running the tournament are the ESL Face It, which is owned by the Saudi Public Investment Fund. So boo. this is another example. Yeah, very boo. boo of, you know, the Saudi Arabian government, you know, esports washing, you know, all of their money. So that's fun. I got to live with that, I guess. So the, 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 the trade is like, do I want e Overwatch esports to exist and I have to take like essentially blood money for it to exist or do I not want it to exist at all? So, th I mean, that's what we're doing. Just to be clear, this is this is Microsoft now making these deals, right? Like maybe not like oh, not right. on the front end, but like it's their call what is what is happening, what the next phase of this of the, the competitive scene is. That's interesting because I'm trying to think about what it does with Halo. And Halo, um, they're having they have their league that I think they either just rebooted. That's like kind of on the up, but like not really. So I, I'm curious to see how Microsoft handles esports and what kind of investment they want to put in it. And you know, to the That's to the point a, about yeah. the the layoffs and all that stuff. You know, we just had this big news. I think just yesterday about Overwatch and having these like Blizzard employees that work on the Overwatch team like you know get on youtube and say we're bringing it back and now i'm wondering like are these do these people still have a job uh i think to my knowledge yes like most of the casters are contract anyway so they wouldn't get laid off but i feel like the people that we did see on uh the announcement video for this new thing they still do have their job so i guess they're gonna stick around for this next season of competitive overwatch so it'll be interesting to see. We don't know where they're going to broadcast it at. We don't know if it's going to be Twitch or YouTube. It's probably going to be Twitch um, because they need the numbers. Nobody watches shit on YouTube. It's terrible. It's a terrible way to watch stuff. 
uh, at least I think, at least for esports' sake, like Overwatch League was better when it was solo broadcast on Twitch. So hopefully we'll be returning to that. But I mean, who knows? We'll see when the league finally gets started. And I think it starts um, in February if you're in Asia, and I think it starts in March if you're in North America and Europe. So a week ago, it was really cool to call Power World uh, Pokemon with Guns. That is no longer the case, but I'm still going to keep doing it. Power World is the newest sensation on Steam. It's a survival sim crafting game featuring pals, which are basically Pokemon. They're creatures that you can capture, that will fight for you, that will build guns for you, that will work in factories for you, that you can eat, that you can feed to each other. They're basically uh, a, a fungible commodity within the game's economy that you can uh that that just grease the wheels of expansion and uh and uh stuff <laughs> um power world both of you have played it right yeah. real quick for you know opening opening uh verdicts what do you think the game is good and what do you like or not like about it uh zach you can go first Honestly, my first impression was actually pretty positive because, like, it runs well. At least on my rig, I was able to run it at, like, 120 on the PC, which is not what a Pokemon game runs at. Um, so it looks pretty nice. It looks generic as hell. If you look left or right and there's no Pokemon in your view, it could just be an Unreal Engine test demo that you just, like, booted up for the first time. Um, but it made a decent first impression. It's got, like... A really nice intro that's like here's what you do and i felt like i was progressing really fast and i was like oh cool i'm catching stuff i'm learning stuff i'm building stuff I'm... but i hit a point it was like seven eight hours or six hours i don't know where i'm just sort of feel like i'm walking around and i'm like i don't i have some stuff they're building stuff for me but i don't really want any more stuff because i don't care about the stuff and i just and it just it became pretty clear that like the intro's nice but i don't really want to play this anymore <laughs> i don't really care about catching the pals. I don't like shooting. I don't actually like hurting them. I feel like an asshole when I hurt the pals because they make cute noises. Uh, the combat's not great. In fact, it's bad. Like, very bad. Like, using a bow in that game is horrendous. Um, the one, yes. And you have to take them off the table. The fact that you have to build arrows one at a time is insane yeah yeah taking shit like building shit you don't it doesn't automatically go into your inventory you have to hit another button to put it in your inventory that shit drives me up a fucking wall pardon i don't know if we're allowed to curse
every time they every time that happens it, it every time that happens it feels like it's a joke like the game's making a joke uh, they're like haha look at you i'm like what what it happened to me last like last time i played it yesterday because i was wanting to play a, more before i got on, got on here i built a bunch of arrows ran off to go kill stuff went to shoot and realized i fucking left my arrows on the desk so i had to go run all the way back to go get my arrows i can't just call a pal to do it for me i mean i get why people like it like, like it's it's a fun it's it's also it's january there's nothing else the fuck else are you gonna play prince of persia the lost crown sure but like the eight-year-olds of the world don't want to play prince of persia the lost crown hey, what's this play. old game right it's there's only two dimensions metroidvania uh, is like the uh it's like the classic rock it's like the Def Leppard of millennials. Ash, what's what's your take on the game? Well, like, do you feel like it's genuinely like? Do you do you play it and you're like, oh, I, I see why this is huge. I do see why it's huge, and I can't think of a more fitting metaphor for society. The fact that this game about exploiting an uh, underclass of sentient creatures has sold like eight million copies and is the biggest thing since sliced bread. Like. What does that say about us? Uh, nothing. It doesn't say anything about us. Please don't take me seriously. But <laughs> um, I definitely get. I get it. Like I, I played a little bit of it, and I, I felt the little brain itch about when I, you know, had automated my pals to harvest like wood and rocks and all this stuff. It's like, oh, okay, I see it. But survival games aren't really my thing. Um, if survival games were my thing, I probably would be into this more than what I am. But I, I have experienced it just enough to, you know, speak competently about it. I'm like, okay, I see what this is. And this is, you know, the response to this is the fact that it's on PC and Pokemon has never put their their shit on PC and they never will. And Xbox. And the fact that Pokemon fans have not eaten a decent meal since, sure. I don't know, some people will go as far as to say uh, whatever the Aloha one was, uh, Sun and Moon. Like they haven't eaten well since then. And that was like, what? almost 10 years ago now so this is scratching an itch for pokemon fans that have been neglected for a while and it is a it's a clone of every other survival game that makes a billion dollars and sells a million copies on steam this is like arc this is arc with pokemon and people like arc and people like pokemon and two great tastes that taste great together so yes this makes sense well and also what gets forgotten in all this talk is it's it's 30 dollars Oh yeah, it's thirty dollars with no microtransactions. Like thirty dollars, no microtransactions, and it's on Game Pass, and it has crossplay, and it's January. There's nothing yeah. else out. There's no movies out. There's no games out. There's nothing. So like, it's not shocking that this thing is doing so well. I, I mean, it's shocking that it's doing maybe eight million. So like, I think part of this is like a snowball effect because I definitely oh, have yeah. seen like self fulfilling prophecy. At this right. Point. Like I've seen a lot of people who hate Pokemon playing this game. Because they're like, oh, I hate Pokemon, so now I get to shoot them, and now I get to, like, kick them off a cliff. And then, like you were saying, there's people who love Pokemon. They're like, oh, my God, a good Pokemon game. Like, it runs well, and I can play it with my friends, and it doesn't make the... I don't have to run it through Nintendo's one Windows 98 computer to do anything online. Like, so, yeah, like, if you hate Pokemon, this is your game. If you love Pokemon, this is your game. If you're under 12, this is your game. If you're looking to mindlessly hit trees for hours this is your game i don't know so so to recap real quick by by the time uh when this 
podcast goes up, it'll be a week since Power World came out. The game is, yeah, it's a, Zach said it's sold 8 million copies in six days. It has the second highest ever concurrent player peak on Steam right behind PUBG. Uh, it started, you know, if to really quickly recap the whole cycle around this game, it blew up on Friday. There was immediately a war between Steam users and Pokemon fans over whether, you know, how much the game was copying Pokemon, whether it was just, you know, clearly cribbing designs, whether there was actually AI used to generate stuff in the game, of which there is no evidence that there was. There was, uh, there were models, alleged models from the game going around that appeared to show that they seemed to be very identical to ones ripped from Pokemon. Then there was arguments over whether or not the meshes in those models had been altered, tampered with to appear more close than they were. Um, this is I'm calling this mesh gate now because there is just people. You can look at any one of these threads and see people arguing about stuff that they clearly neither one really knows about but both are claiming to be experts on and it's kind of like just seeing a reddit thread just spiral yeah we're arguing about like yeah yeah, the difference of millimeters here like come on guys i mean also put the calipers away this is very also you don't need to you don't need to measure meshes to see that they fucking stole some stuff like copied like it's pretty i like i'm not saying they took a a model from a pokemon game but like I'm walking around looking at these things like, oh, yeah, they know what Pokemon are. They had photos up when they were making these models. Like, you don't need to measure that. Right. I, I, I so, so you know, I I have no evidence personally. I've done no reporting. There's no clear reporting that I'm aware of yet. I don't think still that, that there there is clear evidence of copying. There's just sort of circumstantial eyebrow raising things that make it seem like there might be an issue. I will say that the team um, game Power World is made by Pocket, uh, a studio called Pocket Pair in Japan that has touted over and over again the fact that um, this is basically like that none of them really know how to make a game and like this is like their first game. It's not actually their first game, but like that they basically like stumbled sort of into this and had no idea what what they were doing and are so surprised by the success um and just happened to i guess create some uh pal models that look exactly like pokemon ones by by sheer accident which is kind of what what like pal world uh apologists are now would 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 now argue this did all crescendo i mean so they the team also announced uh, you know a roadmap this is a full-fledged live service game they're going to add raids they're going to add pvp they're going to add you know i'm sure new pals at some point and and luckily Um, i was told by the internet that nintendo doesn't care because they would have stepped in it long before this game came out and stopped it and that's true right nintendo doesn't care they haven't said anything right so (laughs) so that brings us to nintendo's statement that was technically was put out basically i guess at the beginning of business in japan on what would have been uh thursday and i'll just quote it real quick we have received many inquiries regarding another company's <laughs> game released January 2024. Ooh, burn. Another company. Who could that be? Well, I think that's I think that's like some legal protection too, right? Like as long as they don't say the name, yeah, you can't get us for We're like, not defaming anyone. Um Yeah. We have not uh, continuing the quote. We have now not granted any permission for the use of Pokémon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokémon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokémon in its part. world and work to bring the world together <laughs> through Pokémon in the future. That that last line feels very much like them saying like, "Quit fucking shooting our 
squish you Pokemon. Right, like we doing? we don't like the vibes here. You're ruining the you're ruining this 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 the, the and, fantasy that we've created around this uh this gameplay idea. And the idea. first line is very much please <laughs> stop calling us we know. Sure. That's definitely a big part of the statement is yeah, it's like we got it. We got your emails. We got your tweets. I would be very surprised if anything comes of this. I would be very surprised. You you would you would I said so my take is that you would expect that they would have they would just an they wouldn't announce anything. Something would get taken down, and then you know, if if Nintendo's coming for you, it's not going to be in an official statement. Well, uh, yeah. I will say because this does get mixed up. Like this is Pokemon Company, like right Nintendo. Right. So so owned owned a third by Nintendo. So they are a little more. They're a little different than when it comes to Nintendo and their army of quiet ninjas that take you out in the night. Um, but I do think. Uh, but 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 the Pokemon Company will have your apartment raided if oh, you're selling yes. counterfeit Pokemon cards. Well, some people point. There's been a lot of like I feel like there's become a cottage industry now of like, hey, I have a lawyer friend. Let me ask him <laughs> about Power World and what's going on. But the <laughs> the takeaway that I saw was that this is not a clear cut case. So it, like part of it might be that they just need to. It's been ta- like it takes time to figure this out, and also part of it is that. I don't think they expected this to... There's a million of these games. If you want to go find... If you just type in Pokemon on Google, on the Android Play Store, there's 10,000 of these games. They come every day. There's not of of this exact quality or whatever, but of knockoff Pokemon things that are clearly ripping models or... And like Nintendo, or sorry, Pokemon Company doesn't really go after them all the time because none of them make money. Most of them are just flash in the pans. Or if they do go after them, it's a simple DMCA request. I think this is like a little different. There's a lot of money involved. Microsoft is involved. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if Microsoft, what their thoughts are on this situation. Uh, who knows what Microsoft is thinking these days? That's who a knows? good point. The guy who's running that whole part, he's gone now. He's like, oh shit. Yeah, who, yeah whoever signed this up for Game Pass is, is Ash, are you going to keep playing Power World? Absolutely not. <laughs> Which is which is which is kind of messed up because they've already gotten my money. Like I've already played it on Game Pass and Steam, just so I could compare the two. Uh, the Steam version's better, so you're you're gonna have to pay for it. Sorry. Um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm already mad at myself that I have paid money for this game. I I will say that I don't have ever a draw to go back to it. Um, but when I do, like if I'm sitting on the couch and don't know what to do for five minutes, like. Like it, it's it's kind of that the game at the moment. I'm playing it on on Game Pass, unfortunately. Um, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back to whatever I was doing at Baldur's Gate three, or I don't want to like I I don't want to go fight that boss in Lies of P. So uh, I'll just open up Power World and mess around for five minutes. And it is that thing where once I'm in the game, I kind of I you just I just keep going. I'm like, yeah. oh, like I mm-hmm. I forget to stop playing it, and that's there. So I think it's both ingenious in that way but also insidious and i've seen like it it definitely does feel like this sort of diablo like the thing that i don't like about diablo which is that i forget it just like so easy to play that i don't stop playing it i don't know. I, I i'm i go back and forth on whether how impressive that is but also sort of how empty it is i think at the end of the day the the multiplayer stuff is where there's the most opportunity for like actual not just creativity but for people to sort of have genuine sort of fun surprising interactions because i do think yeah the game itself is just very cynical in terms of being 
enjoyable, but not actually, there's no real sense of wonder or discovery or excitement of like what you will find. It is very like, um, punching, you know, doing, sitting in the arcade, uh, putting, uh, quarters into the, into the machine to try and like knock the tokens down and be, and like every, you know, every couple times you get a bunch of tokens, you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm getting all these tokens. I'm getting these tickets. I can turn the tickets in for the big plushie. And it's, you know, you, yeah, it's this, it's this, you realize you're on a treadmill that's going mm-hmm. nowhere. Like, that's where I stopped playing. I'll play for like an hour. And like you said, it gets my hook. It gets hooks into you. You're like, oh man, numbers going up. I got this guy doing this. Now I don't have to do this. But then eventually I realized, wait, all I'm building to is to do more of this. Like the, yeah. like the loop is I'm going to get this guy to c- cut down trees for me. So I don't have to cut down trees so I can go out and I can go get ore. But eventually I'm just going to have a pal who's gonna get me ore so i don't have to get like you realize the loop is just the loop is trying to figure out ways to not play the game and when i realize that i go well i don't want to play because like i can just stop right it i do think it's a great chill out game a great great like discord discord hangout where like oh like i'm just on my computer and instead of refreshing twitter or my social media site of choice um or watching youtube videos i'm just gonna like i'll i'll mess around in power while i'm talking to people and i do think that's like an underrated aspect like that's a perfectly good and admirable function for a game to serve yes i do then think it's somewhat ridiculous when i start to to read like reviews that are like doing the product breakdown of like (laughs) how's the progression are you know what are there are there fun pals to catch what's the combat like i'm like this is kind of what what are we doing here folks i saw people doing a tier list of pals and it's just like this That's is not, not that good. I mean, no. yeah, I guess that serves a purpose for all the min-maxers out there. Yeah, but I feel like if you're min-maxing this game, you're going to have the least amount of fun with it. Because, like, this game is so bare. When you really get to it, it's so bare. And it's so generic. It's early access. More is oh, coming. Oh, that's right. Give it a break. Every other review on Steam and Xbox is like, just chill, everyone. Just chill. Didn't you see? It's early access. They're fixing the bugs. More features are coming. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think like, who are these people who like feel so impassioned to protect, yeah. protect the biggest game at the moment? To be like, it's a- don't worry. Like you're, you're like you're like you know on your Xbox controller scribbling a review in to like, that's don't, don't give up on Pal Worlds. <laughs> that's like, been like and, the weirdest thing here is the discourse. The the thing that I was talking to my people at the Verge is like, I I will write this thing about power world now but i don't want to say anything about it and i'm gonna i've screenshot all the high numbers and the eight million copies sold and the concurrent steam players and i have set an alarm for june and we're gonna come back and we're gonna see what the hell this game has done and if it is not there anymore then we will have our answer i oh well yeah i don't think this thing's gonna be i don't think this will be the biggest game in the world this time like next year no i don't even know if it makes it to june I don't even legally, maybe it won't even be around by June. Uh, but no, I don't think it's going to last that long. There's not, there's nothing to it. Not yet. That's true. It's an early access. Speaking of early access, I don't know if you saw this, Ethan and Ash, but seven days to die, the zombie game. Oh just, God. Huh. It just Did hit you see 10 the gamers uh, head about that. Are you going to believe your lying eyes or what we say? It just, it just hit 10 after? years in early access. Yeah. That was fun. I did see that. And, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with Fnatic, and I'm shaking my fists yeah, at the bad bloggers along, alongside them. Like reheat old Gamergate canards. Like 
it was bad bloggers who did us in and not your own observations of all of these different YouTubers and all of these Steam reviews that said our game was dog shit. It was the bloggers. I hope they bring uh, the day before um, back and just add pals to it. Crossover with the day before. I, 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 hope, I hope it's Pocket Pair who has to take legal action against the do day you, before. Do you think that, beca- do you think this, uh, because of how good Power World is doing, do you think that becomes a thing here we see in the next six months or whatever? It's like anyone who's working on an Unreal Survival game right now is like, well, I gotta fucking stick Pokemon in it. What? I, I like to end, I'm trying to end each episode on uh, something positive, something that is making our, our lives a little brighter. Um, so what, what, are each of you enjoying this could be anything this could podcast. be could be game could be game related could be <laughs> online culture related it could just be your mama's oh. meatballs or whatever oh. um oh. what what it oh, excuse me <laughs> what get a, little, get a little punchy at the end here huh all right what what's what's giving you life zach i sarah and i are, are getting close to the end of uh watching uh deep space nine i've never seen it before i love star trek but i never watched deep space nine because I was always the dumbass. I was like, oh, it's on a space station. Who cares? Uh, but now we've been watching oh, it. Oh, nice. Like, Man, I, this is really fucking good. <laughs> D-Space 9 is like... Sarah, she wasn't a huge Star Trek person before she started watching this. And by the end of like the last episode we watched, she was like, this is a this is just like a good television show. I'm like, I know. It's just good. So yeah, that's been my happy place. We watched like two episodes of that. And uh, enjoy back with... Back, we enjoy the era when television used to do like 20 episodes. You actually got to enjoy characters. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Sounds fake. It's so cool because it's you watch a TV show and every episode doesn't have to be moving the huge story arc plot forward and filled with tons and tons of like important stuff. You can just do an episode where it's like, I don't know, Quark got depressed and he hung out with his mom. That was the episode we watched last night and it was great. Netflix would never. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to, I've always tried to get into Deep Space Nine, but I haven't been able to get enough into the characters to like actually put up with them. I'm like super already invested and interested in the, like the dumb Star Trek lore that the, that the show like super expands on. But I just haven't gotten over that initial hump of like the first finally getting invested. Rough. Yeah, and I think I just need to just plow through it because um, I I am fine with Voyager, and I haven't had this. It's literally just Deep Space Nine. Ash, what's making you happy? So I have two things that are making me happy. Uh, the first thing is going to sound really freaking sappy, and I apologize in advance. Um, my husband, because he is terminally unserious, like he is not a serious person at all. Like he just makes the dumbest jokes at all times. It doesn't matter. Like he's just terminally unserious. And I am like super serious, especially now with everything going on and like professionally and the video game world and everything is so depressing because capitalism sucks. And the the fact that he is just unable to be serious about anything or let anything like get him down. And the fact that, you know, he's just unserious at all times is, is very good because it means that I have a reason to laugh. And so that's really good. Um, and that's amazing. The other, the other thing that is making is making me happy is like the nastiest, well writtenest Baldur's Gate three fan fiction that the internet can provide. <laughs> that shit, mwah, serotonin. Where are you reading this? I'm reading this on Tumblr. I am reading this on Ao3. I am reading this on Twitter. I am reading this everywhere. Yeah, like I am getting all of the yeah. Whoa. 
I mean, I feel like you know the from your perspective. It's it's a who is the most popular Um, character that people keep shoving into every one of these stories? Like who (laughs) you're gonna get a lot of people on Tumblr very upset with. Um, yeah, it's it is definitely my happiest. Is it a story? Um, I'm writing fan fiction again. I stabbed that guy when I met him. Nastiest, well-writtenest fan fiction. I am participating in that, uh, and it makes me. It's it's a nice thing to unwind with at the end of the day, <laughs> which you know, since you guys have known me for as long as you've known me, you know that's not particularly you know that's not new. Um, the thing that is making me happy uh, is not it's not uh, super original. It's just True Detective season four, which. Uh, uh, oh my god, that is amazing! I have not seen any True Detective season before this. Is so is True Detective good now? Because I thought it was bad after season one. I, I haven't watched anything past season one. Season two was really bad. Season three was pretty good. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't do the same things that I loved about season one. Um, but season, and honestly, season four is not. It's just a very different show from season one. But uh, I just love the characters and Alaska um, at night for 30 days or whatever. Uh, just the vibes. The vibes are great. It's it's It feels like a it feels like a sort of ps1 horror game to me in a weird Mm. way um but mostly i just i just like uh i just i just like living in that weird dark grim place um it's super super morbid and uh everyone's life is miserable uh for the most part but it's it's my happy place (laughs) (laughs) oh hope they catch the killer it's like mayor of east town meets the thing and it's really good and i have not seen any season of true detective before this but i'm like oh jody foster okay i'm in that's amazing no that that is perfect that is exactly what it is and that that is why i love it actually that makes so much more sense ash where can people find you and your work uh you can find me at the verge um and you can also find me yelling about things on twitter at at astra um yeah uh come read my stuff so i can continue to have a job zach where can people find you uh i'm at kotaku i've been there for a while i guess i'll stick there for a while uh i'm also back on twitter after i lied to elon musk to get my account back so uh <laughs> i told him that i just i was so angry someone called me sis and i got my account back instantly so i'm at oh my <laughs> it god worked. i'm at zweizen z last name first initial on there and also on blue sky if you want to hang out there i've started trying to cross post but it's just not the same there's a couple people who are only on blue sky and there's yeah. a couple people who are like only on threads and i'm like this is weird. Why is Twitter just three different sites now and I have to like find you at all I different places? I won't touch. I don't um, want to be on threads. Threads is just But I can be found at home taking care of my children because <laughs> I am on uh parental leave and uh I want to say thank you very much to both of you for coming on the show for your amazing work uh week in and week out and hopefully uh you can come on again in the future and neither of you get laid off. Please just don't do it. It's bad. No one else get laid off either. I'm sure no one will get laid off. We'll, we're all good now. It's it's it all would over. Be, I gotta admit, it'll be a little funny if the guy running the layoff tracker gets laid off. <laughs> <laughs>